Buddhist Geeks. Seriously Buddhist, seriously geeky. Episode 135, Meditation is Good for Your Life. This week, we speak with Yangge Mingyo Rinpoche, a well-known Karma Kagyu teacher, about his early years as a monk dealing with panic, his suggestions for those new to the path, the importance of joy, and his participation in meditation research. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or monthly recurring donation by visiting BuddhistGeeks.com forward slash donate. Hello, Buddhist Geeks. This is Vince Horn, and we're very lucky today to be joined in the studio. He's here in Boulder on a teaching tour, part of the North American tour. We're joined today by Yangge Mingyu Rinpoche. Thank you, Rinpoche, for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And um, before we jump in, I, I want to say a little bit about your background. Yes. I think many people probably have heard of you or at least heard of the Karma Kagyu tradition, which is your main practice lineage. Right. And you've had several teachers, including your dad, Tolku Urgen Rinpoche, yes. who's very well known, of course, among Tibetan Buddhist practitioners. And you've practiced with several other well-known teachers and many years of practice and retreat. And you started quite young. How old were you when you first got into this? Uh, when I began to learn, that time I was nine years old. Nine years. Yes. And that's when you started your formal meditation. training. Yes. Wow. I learned meditation before that, kind of like eight years old, but it's not really formal way. Yeah. But when I was uh, nine years old, I really want to... I started meditation from my father, but I shy to ask him directly. I approached my mother to ask him to teach me meditation. He oh, wow. Accept, and I was so happy. That's very cool. While I started reading your newest book, uh, Joyful Wisdom, I was really struck by some of the stories of your earliest time with meditation and how difficult it actually was for you. Right. Yes. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe share a little bit of that because yeah. it, was, it was so touching. Yeah. When I was young, I had panic disorder. I think it's developed with me around seven years old. I have fear for natural disasters and for the strangers, many things. But sometimes fear without reason. Just, you know, my heart bumping and sweating and I cannot sleep. And I'm searching for some solution. And that's why I really want to learn meditation from my father. And my father give me meditation teaching, which is how to make friends with my panic, which is very nice. But I was very lazy. I love the idea of meditation, but I don't like the practice of meditation. You know, lazy boy. <laughs> and not really change with my panic attacks. And then when I was uh, 13 years old, 13 years old, I was joined into traditional three-year retreat, retreat for three years. Yeah. And uh, I really want to join. And I asked his eminent through my father <laughs> because I thought maybe he may not accept because I was so young. But he kindly accepted and I joined in two, three-year retreat. But first year, my panic got worse, more stronger, you know? Yeah. And especially with the group prayer with the people, and because of the sometimes we use music instrument for pray, and this noise drive me crazy. 
and I have to go out. And one day I asked a question to myself. Still, I have two more years. And I said, do you still want to spend two more years like this way, unhappy? Or do you really want to apply meditation training or what I've been taught? And I decided to apply. What I found is there's two things. First, normally what we say, yes, sir. And second is, hey, get out. Do you want to know what is Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what that means. <laughs> this is the new mantra, you know. I'm okay. talking about <laughs> Meaning of yes, sir, means you believe in panic and whatever message comes from panic, you just follow that. If panic tells you, oh, there's a problem, and you thinking that that's a problem, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir, you know. And that makes panic, your panic become your boss. And the second is, hey, get out. Hey, get out means you don't like panic. You have fear of panic or panic of panic. Try to get rid of panic. That's why you say, hey, get out. Leave me alone. Don't talk too much, you know. But panic doesn't want to listen to you. Panic becomes worse. That's why panic becomes your enemy. So the third option is make friends. Say hello. And I use my panic as my friend through three meditation techniques. And after three days later, my panic was gone. Really? Yeah. That quick? Yeah. Uh, of course, it's um, you know, from result from a few years practice. But in that time, only for the text three years and totally gone. And now I'm thinking that my panic was one of the, my best teacher. I learned a lot from my panic and I miss my panic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. And while I was reading Joyful Wisdom, I also got the sense of how accessible and how useful you present the teachings. Like very straightforward, very clear. Um, it's like the five blockers of Buddha nature and the very yes. clear accessible lists and techniques and, sure. and steps. It was like, this is easy. It seemed easy. Yeah. So given that, we've never really talked to a teacher about beginning level stuff on the show because it's Buddhist geeks. Right. But we have a lot of listeners that have called us or emailed us and said, hey, you know, I'm new to the Buddhist path. I'm starting to get into it. I'm enjoying your show, right. reading a couple books here and there, right. but I'm not really clear on how to get going. And so I wondered if you could share, given your just the accessible nature of your teaching, right. what you would suggest to people that are asking that kind of question. Like, what's the next step for someone that's interested in the Buddhist path but right. hasn't really dived in yet? Yeah, I think most important is two things, what we call in Buddhism tradition, wisdom and method. The wisdom is you are understanding nature of yourself and nature of phenomena and the method is only wisdom so dry you need experience so to get experience what we call method is meditation so meditation and knowledge these two are very important what is knowledge you can learn about nature of phenomena and nature of your life impermanence, changing cause condition, and actually you have basic goodness. Everybody has good potential existing within us. There's one story in my book. When I was 
first time came to USA that was 1998 and some people they told me that oh you've been in retreat so long you need maybe your health is not good you know you have to check with the doctor and I did and doctor told me everything's fine but except you need some physical exercise and people they asked me to go to swim and I went to big swimming pool olympic size swimming pool something like that very big you know and I tried to swim and very success to f- swim under the water that means i sing you know <laughs> <laughs> like a rock yeah. and my friend said oh oh that means you're too tight you have to relax i tried to relax again i sink because too relaxed and i thought wait a minute i know how to swim because when i was young i i grew up in the himalayan mountains we have lot of lakes small lakes you know i used to swim but only one style doggy paddle you know then when i remembered that i swim i can able to swim then my friend was very surprised how come you know 5 minutes before you cannot swim but now you can swim i told them i remember how to swim the point here is even though you have capability to swim but even not recognize you have that capability you cannot swim there's a whole important is we have love compassion joy wisdom capability everything existing within us important try to recognize that's the knowledge that's the wisdom and the second is to meditate maybe you can start simple meditation just aware of your breath or what we call in the my book open present means just relax your mind every day maybe 15 minutes no need too long 15 minute sitting sitting meditation then you can apply meditation in daily life and from that you can learn more and more you can develop more wisdom more experience and then would you suggest people find or go deeper in a particular tradition at, at some point or is it okay to just continue with uh, something simple yeah i think it's okay a buddha said the teacher is like flower and dharma is like nectar in the flower and you are like bees and the bee go to the different flower taking the nectar if their teacher is authentic you can receive from any teacher and important is practice the dharma that's the important and if you have one particular lineage great if you don't have okay maybe sometime you you will found oh i have to be belong to this way you can belong to that way or even you don't have special particular lineage also okay mm. i think that's a great suggestion oh you're welcome thank you kind of Going off of that, one thing you talk a lot about and obviously it's in the title of both the books you've written is joy. Yes. I mean, I hear joy in the Buddhist teachings, but I don't often meet teachers that really emphasize that. Right. Um so I was wondering if you could say a little bit about the importance of joy. Why is it right. so important on the Buddhist path? Yes. Actually, the main goal of Buddhist practice is to achieve joy. What is joy? There's many levels of joy. fundamental joy or the final destination of the joy is unchangeable joy boundless joy joy with full of wisdom love and compassion and enlightened activity which you can help to boundless sentient beings but actually the joy is already existing within us inside of you but you have to recognize it 
What is the real essence of joy? It's the quality of Buddha nature. The Buddha nature is totally free from suffering, totally free from problems. It has unchangeable joy. And how to develop that? Through wisdom and experience. Of course, if you have the great unchangeable joy, you only achieve when you become full enlightenment. But maybe I can give you some similar example right now here. Although we have a lot of problems, but everybody looking for happiness. Everybody wanting to free from suffering. That is the joy actually. The sign of joy, which is within you. The Buddha said, if there's bird nest, and sometimes mother bird flies away, although she flew very far, she don't think she's going to stay there. She wants to return nest. Why? The nest is the real home for her. This is why our real home is the joy, the Buddha nature. This is why we got homesick. Everybody looking for happiness. For each minute, every breath, even now, right now I'm talking with you, also looking for joy. That's why main important here is if you recognize the joy which is developed within you, none depend on the outside circumstances. That is the beginning of unchangeable joy. I'm just wondering, why is it that people, when they first start looking for happiness, yes. think that they're going to find it in right. some sort of configuration of experience? It's going to... Right. It's such a constant assumption for right. people. Right. Yeah. And that is actually because of the joy which is existing within you that cause to look for the joy. But the important is whether you get the right way to see that joy or not. If you are looking joy from outside material, outside circumstances, then your joy becomes like stock market, you know, up and down. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> the real joy is existing within us. So if you see joy within you, then that also good for your life, good for your activity, good for your job, good for your relationship with others, that influence the outer material joy, the cause of the joy, you know. This has become like circle of the goodness. Yes. I'm also wondering about, you said there are many levels of joy. Right. And I'm imagining that there's certain levels of joy that may seem very stable, may seem maybe joy associated with states of consciousness. Or, right meditative awareness or right. I'm wondering how one works with more subtle types of joy that aren't quite really the unconditional joy that you're talking yeah. about. That is just you live it everything normal. When you do physical exercise, maybe jogging, jogging, maybe you jog for half an hour and you finish your physical exercise and you're pretty happy and you use nice chair in the garden or at your home with the big side. <sighs> you don't have to do anything. Don't meditate. Don't block thought and emotions. You don't have to follow that. Just leave it as it is. Then you begin to see your inner joy. 
It's very simple, but it has calm, peaceful, clear. There's awareness. Yeah, it's very simple. Sounds simple. simple. Yeah, <laughs> yes, simple. But of course, you cannot remain within that state too long. Only for a few seconds, you lost. You come back again. Lost. Come back again. Lost. Yes. Interesting. So it sounds like there's a a way in which joy can deepen. Yeah. Yes. On its own, it sounds like. Yeah, on its own. Very cool. Thank you. So the last thing I wanted to talk about is the scientific studies that you've participated in with Dr. Richie Davidson. Right. And he brought in, at some point I heard, uh, lots of different uh, meditators who had spent something like ten to 50,000 hours doing formal practice. You know, people that are really the Olympic athletes, so right. to speak, of meditation. Right. And you're part of that cadre of people that came to... I guess, do all sorts of tests. Right. I was wondering, what was that like? Yeah, they put me in fMRI and EEG, you know, there's two things. What they call fMRI is not just regular MRI. The regular MRI is almost like photo, you know. Then fMRI is almost like video. And they put me in the big machine and it looked like white Coffin, the mm. shape looks like a white coffin, and temperature was very, very cold. Has to be cold. I don't know, there's a magnetic, some power is not, cannot be functioned, this will have to be cold. Something like, I don't know the detail. And there's kind of a like tongue coming out, tongue, you know, coming out, and I have to lie down on that. And they give me like earphone, now you, you know. Mm-hmm. Something like this, I think, in the red <laughs> Yep. And uh, they tied my head, and they put me in what they call bike. God, something choose in my mouth and screw up with the machine. That's why I cannot move my, my head, not allowed to move. And then they put me inside the fMRI. It's kind of like tunnel, you know, dark, cold tunnel. <laughs> Go inside there and then I have to stay there and then I have to meditate on three, three points. First is open present. Second is focus, meditation with focus, attention. Last is loving kindness, compassion. Okay. And they said, okay, 90 minute compassion. Now stop compassion. Compassion, no compassion, you know, on and on and on. And the scientists are, you know, they're in next room having fun, drinking coffee, <laughs> you know, talking to each other. And they said, okay, now stop compassion. Oh, now I meditate compassion, you know. And it's like one hour and more than one hour, sometimes one and a half hours, I cannot move. And then they send terrible noise, like baby crying, girl making screaming, a lot of noise, different noise. Wow, you know. And I have to meditate like that. And the result of that, should I tell you the result? Please. Mm. I don't know, should I tell you or not? <laughs> <laughs> they said, I'm totally crazy. I was so disappointed, you know. I thought they may give me some special certificate that you are enlightened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Scientific certificate of enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 they don't say I'm crazy. But I've been there three times and they also check with a lot of senior meditators and what they call in the brain, what they call left prefrontal lobe, increase. The activity is very, very increased. And then all the a different part of brain work together, what they call gamma synchronize, mm-hmm. gamma frequency. And what I learned from them is there's three important things. First, what they call neuroplasticity. That means your brain has 
capable of change. 10 or 15 years before, neuroscientists doesn't believe that. If you are born with unhappy, the rest of your life will be unhappy. But now they said, no, you can change. And brain has unlimited capability to change. It reorganizes itself and change the cells into different things. That's why there's hope. And second important is one of the best way to change your brain activity function from negative to positive is apply meditation. And they also test with the beginner who have no idea about meditation, the university student. They ask them to meditate every day one hour for eight weeks and they develop this lab-free frontal lobe between 10 to 15%. Wow. Within eight weeks. And third important point is that positive change in your brain is good for your physical body, the immune system. And there's some many ongoing study about good for stress reduction, high blood pressure and heart and many, many, many things, you know. It's good for your physical body. And now I add one more and this is from my laboratory. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't have laboratory, but meditation is good for your life. Why? Happy mind and healthy body, of course, is good for your life. Is there anything else that you'd want to say to an audience that listens to a show called Buddhist Geeks that you think would be of value? Yeah, I think nowadays we are facing a big problem in the world, recession, global financial crisis, you know. And the main message is don't be upset about that. Make friends. Same like what I did with my panic. I try to make friends with my panic. And so maybe you try to make friends with this problem. You might think, okay, if I lost everything, how I can make friends with this problem? But still you can do. Don't try to hate. Don't try to resist. Try to look different way. Try to accept. If you just worry too much, situation get worse. No benefit for you. For example, if your stock market going down, if you cry, and pull your hairs, beat your chest, doesn't make stock market $1 go up. In fact, situation get worse. That's why believe in yourself. Still you have capability, still you have wisdom, love, and power and strength. So try to use them, go forward. That's why letting go is not giving up. Thank you. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, 
visit BuddhistGeeks.com slash conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.